0: Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Al. And I'm Joe. And we're here today to talk about Season 9, Episode 6, titled Ride. Uh, Joe, what'd you think of this, in my opinion, frankly, strange episode of The Walking Dead?
1: Well, I definitely want to get to that, Al, but first, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, thank our hosts for making us the officially unofficial guests. Hosts of this episode of the of the Watching Dead, like you know, we've been obviously fr- uh, fans of of Jim and Aaron for a long time, and and uh, what an opportunity uh, on their revival of the Watching Dead to, to be able to come back and, and and talk about this show. I've been, man, I've been a, I've been a big fan of the Walking Dead for a long time, and I've really admired what uh, Jim and Aaron have done in the podcasting world. It's just a, it's a real honor to be here, and we're thrilled thrilled
0: for the opportunity. Yeah, honestly, nobody thought that watching dead was coming back uh much in the same way that nobody thought raw rah riverdale uh would lead to anything you know we kind of yeah I'll, I'll be the first to to say we kind of messed up the end of that podcast i think we did a great uh, an outstanding job all the way up until the very end and we just couldn't get that last episode out but i'm super grateful that that happens
1: happens. the first time podcasters and really it's it's really big of jim and aaron to overlook that and 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 look at our entire body of work in in selecting us for this this uh this high honor
0: absolutely so thank you to jim and aaron uh so now Uh, joe
1: yeah what'd you think it's a it's you know it's a strange strange episode um it, it feels kind of fitting after you know I, I I listened to to Jim and Aaron as they wrapped up their 905 podcast and you know they pointed out how Daryl's kind of like looked lost and he just kind of ran off into the woods and you are wondering like you know what's gonna to happen with to him next and I mean we get this strange kind of surreal i I'd call it a bottle episode except for there's all these new characters and oh, and they, and they go multiple everywhere. multiple locations, but it's all just focused on Daryl processing. Uh, this intense grief that he has over the death apparent death of his brother uh his, his yeah. spiritual brother uh Rick, and it leads him on this vision quest on his motorcycle where he meets his actual dead brother um i i I, I, I mean what what was your interpretation because i I see this as just uh this intense almost psych psychosis driven grief response that the uh, daryl's Daryl's got what What did you you think of the episode?
0: Yeah, I I like that interpretation because I was, frankly, pretty confused because it it starts out in what I thought was a flashback episode. Um, And, and, you know, you get a few scenes of of a pretty normal looking society. Uh, and, And so I think there is a bit of flashback in here. But, yeah, it could also very much just be in Daryl's head.
1: I mean, that's the thing is like I was trying to think it's like, oh, maybe there is some flashback here because you've got the boys kind of like, you know, in their own uh, their their own home talking about being in the backwoods and running around and getting all kinds of trouble. But then, you know, you've got zombies and chainsaw wielding mutants Mm -hmm. and post apocalyptic flame throwing uh, trebuchets and. Uh, you know, post-apocalyptic death race, and like man, I I I don't remember any of that kind of stuff happening in in uh, you know current day. So I just like I was like, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's some flashback. Maybe it's some uh, you know, uh, a grief-driven imagery. Maybe maybe Daryl has kept around Merle's bag of tricks. You know that uh, that blue ice, uh, his pharmacy. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe he's been saving for a special occasion, and you know the apparent death of Rick Grimes. uh, You know he he turned to some uh, some substances for some relief. He's self medicating, and I you know I can't condemn the man for that, but it led to a. an episode like I, you know, I feel like that the the, the 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 season's largely been kind of back on track, and this episode just slides way off the rails,
0: way off the rails. I mean, yeah, it takes all the momentum that they built in the first five episodes and just p- pisses it away, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Uh, although I will say, it's fantastic to see the the Dixon brothers back together again. Like, oh yeah. If there's one thing that that we wanted as far as fan service from this show, I think everybody can agree it was the Dixon brothers back riding it, it, together it, again.
1: And you know Rick had his whole nostalgic you know uh, dream sequence with his old friends and comrades. I think it's fair play mm-hmm. for Daryl to get the same on such a you know after such a historic episode of The Walking Dead. So like I can't I can't criticize the decisions or the I, I I'm gonna just try to stick to uh, criticizing the execution.
0: Okay, can can I criticize one thing? I so well it's not even uh, criticizing. It's it's just. Uh, I was confused by it because when they first show up in Alabama, uh Daryl talks about how he's going to find his brother Merle. And mm. and it definitely looks like Merle has changed. Like Merle is older. Merle's hair is much, much longer and stringier and dirtier. He's clearly been through the apocalypse, right? Like so yeah. So what are we talking about here? Like, because the Merle that I remember was very like short hair, um, Seemed robust and stout and a, yeah. a formidable force. This Merle is very different. I mean,
1: it could be hinting at the you know ghostly afterlife because you know he's kind of looks like a, a like an apparition out of a Dickinson novel. Uh But but you <laughs> know, for <Hold>, <laughs> Michael Rooker, okay. <laughs> um. And, you know, uh, Daryl's talking about like the rituals of the road, you know, like it's, you know, he's on a motorcycle getting his mind straight and he, he explicitly, I wrote down a quote, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the, my reality behind to re- reunite with my brother. And I just feel like that's the, that's what I'm clinging to in this episode as an interpretation that he's, this is just uh, some kind of crazy drug binge, grief and stricken uh, vision quest that he's on. Uh, all over the American Southwest, all over his old stomping grounds. Maybe he's hoping that he'll find Rick there too. Uh, who
0: knows? Yeah, he, uh, kind of. He's he's phasing out of uh, coherency here because he's talking about the guts being eaten out of the horse. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when they're eating this dough belly, which I think is pretty fitting um, uh, topic for discussion when you're eating a dough belly. Uh, yeah. how, how does Merle know about that? When you know when does this take place? Uh, it's it's some combination of like what Daryl thinks about his his brother might say in this situation.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm you know they're eating. He's eating at this post apocalyptic diner, and it's staffed by you know some kind of uh, you know wasteland mutant, and they're eating dough belly, which I I think is actually just a a a dough's belly they've chopped off and started roasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some tomato and mayonnaise, um, and it's just you know, it, it's hard to imagine how this place stays in business because you can clearly see that like you know, Daryl, if 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 Merle's a figment of his imagination, Daryl's literally the only person there. He's just yeah. sitting there eating his dough belly, um, you know, ha- having having this intense waving, uh, rolling trip of his. Uh, it's it, it's it's really wild. They also talk about like you know, he talks about his Merle's uh, old lives. Mm-hmm. like as a as a serial killer and a space yeah. pirate like it, the serial really... killer
0: checks out, but space pirate I <laughs> that's that's as crazy. It casts a lot of um, light onto Merle's history and maybe why he was so abusive with Daryl. I mean, he's clearly got multiple personality disorder. Uh, he's he's phasing in and out of realities as as we go through this conversation with him. How many personalities does Merle have?
1: I don't know, and you know what? The, the thing is, like, the other thing I, I started thinking about is, like, you know, I'm a big comic fan. I know you're a big comic fan too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how we got, you know, brought got brought to the Archieverse in the first place. But you know, there's this uh, classic X Men comic where you know once, like, a uh, you know major event with a lot of X Men died, a lot of them went off and like assumed code names and kind of mm-hmm. lived in obscurity. Like, you know, Wolverine ran around as Patch. I, I I'm I'm noticing that like yeah uh, Daryl's going around as Norman and Merle's going around as Michael and mm-hmm. I just wonder if like there's something that to there too like this this traumatic experience and and uh, you know Daryl's afraid to go under his his given name so he's he's they've all got elaborate code names or something maybe this is something that goes back to them being kids hell do we even know that that Daryl is his real name
0: ah uh, now that you mention it no I mean he's maybe that's the outlaw persona. That, but... Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, you used to, you know, so you had Jadis, who's actually Anne. Uh-huh. Like, you know, maybe
0: Daryl is uh, uh, this Norman's uh, Jadis persona. And then, you know, we start to get into a little bit of that backstory um, with the two brothers uh, growing up in, I guess, Westchester, Alabama. We head back there. We get to meet uh, Merle and presumably Daryl's cousin. Um, we. It's a strange scene because I feel like what they're trying to do here with with Merle's cousin is give us some insight into why the time with Dwight might have been so hard on Daryl particularly. Mm. Because if this is a flashback, which I think it, it partially is, you, you can see in this flashback that Daryl gets kidnapped uh, by Merle's cousin, which is his own cousin. Yeah, yeah. He's he's taken into the house against his will. He's re- refused to give him, They refuse to give him any food. Then there's no yeah, beans. No, there's no cornbread. No f-
1: tormenting him, yeah, right.
0: And this is not the first time that it's happened. Which you know that's why it hits Daryl so hard when Dwight captures him.
1: Yeah, you fire up, you know, being on Easy Street, and you're right there. And I, you know, yeah. I I don't know if this was a, a flashback or if this was like, uh, you know, th- th- this. This cousin's clearly crazy with the oh, doll yeah. fetish. Like you know, uh, you know she's she's strapping dolls to her walls the way you know Woodbury and, uh, and the Savior complex uh, strap zombies up to fences. Like she's clearly mm-hmm. got some some problems that she's 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 processing. Um, and you know, Daryl's caught up in this. But even like, uh, did they also have this conversation where Merle's talking about having grandkids and Daryl says he has a six month old. Is this some kind of like? Uh, yeah. uh subconscious fetish that he has with like you know little ass kicker and like oh if i wasn't uh this complicated asexual hillbilly i might have a family of my own and come to grips mm-hmm. with the fact that that's never going to happen with
0: carol uh yeah i think that stuff with carol hit him hard a couple episodes ago like after ezekiel proposed yeah i, I and feel and like it, it really drove him a little bit insane
1: yeah, like he was put on a brave show, but like, you know, and even the imagery that leads to him being kidnapped by this insane cousin is just, uh, you know, the Dixon brothers on the run. They're followed by a bunch of cars. Where are those coming from? I noticed the cars yeah. are all white, which, again, this gives me back this like this heavenly symbolism. Like, you know, they're mm. uh, there's been escorted by a, 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 a chaser team of uh, angelic SUVs and whatnot. Uh, it's really, really bizarre choice of, of direction and tone.
0: It is. And the the, the vehicular uh, premonitions don't stop there because you get you get a lot of, you know, once Daryl is kidnapped by by his cousin, uh, he is then passed around seemingly from biker gang to biker gang. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. And just abused. And, and you know, the, the entire time, Uh I think it's, it's the Buffalo weird. Soldiers got him first. Or... Yeah,
1: and it's kind of like uh, one of those, the like, uh, uh, the Vatos moment where you have an all-black biker gang, and then you meet an all-white biker gang, yeah. and it's just very, uh, everything seems like very divided, and, you know, it's like, uh, boy, it seems like, uh, I, I, I thought that the Buffalo Soldiers, honestly, one of the better sub-factions we've met along the way, seemed like really nice guys. I'm not... I'm not sure about those bright yellow uniforms and how they would work in an apocalyptic kind of combat situation. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, then then they then they get a tour around Birmingham and some of it was kind of interesting. But I just don't see how it fits in the Walking Dead. Like you see the statue of the of Thor and uh-huh. this 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 church that got bombed. Like uh, that's 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 interesting. But man, it's like
0: I. Uh, I I I don't understand how it fits into the Walking Dead context. Well, I'm wondering if they're setting up a betrayal here because there's one guy who conspicuously refuses to ride with him, mm. and I'm thinking maybe he's planning something in the background. Next episode, we could be on the he, lookout. He for He says he's a got betrayal. other
1: business. Yeah, he's got other business. Yeah, that might be this. This is uh, I'm 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 on the edge like Heath mo- moving off at that uh, key card. You know, like where, when's this going? This is Chekhov's businessman. Yep. Uh, When's he going to
0: come back with his briefcase? And then, you know, he's passed off to the Haints, um, which is the white biker gang you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, He has this pretty, uh, I'm going to say, weak two-sentence monologue about not being racist, which Mm -hmm. I think is there to serve just as a reminder of how different the two brothers are. You know, Merle, famous racist, uh, nasty guy, and then you've got Daryl, who... Wants to bring everyone together. Now, I'm not sure if he's saying this under duress, if maybe he's, yeah, you know, threatened yeah. because he's clearly being passed around from gang to gang. He's probably going to say whatever he can sure, to get out of sure. the situation. So maybe that yeah. was uh, a little more coerced than it needed to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I say, it's like, you know, Daryl, he's talking about, like, yeah, I hope for mankind to unite against the zombies despite any differences in race or culture, which, you know, like Daryl's come a long way since season one. But I just couldn't help to think about, like, you know, maybe this black and white gang biker gang could get together and kind of help him search for Rick. Um uh-huh. but you know, it's like when you're when you're when you're being held hostage by these type of organizations, sometimes it's best to keep your your head down and stay low until you can get find your way out of it. Yeah.
0: And again, I I don't know what's flashback here and what is dream sequence versus what's <laughs> reality, you know.
1: Who can tell?
0: Yeah. It's tough. Um and then we go over to what I think is just Flashbacks to the raid on Terminus, like maybe this stuff he's he's been experiencing with Carol has really gotten into him because he it feels here like he's assaulting Terminus with this trebuchet. Mm. Um, I I definitely saw a train at one point. I I don't think it had letters on it, but maybe I saw the wrong side.
1: Oh yeah, the A and B car. Of course. Well, you know, with the Jada situation last week, uh, my understanding of A and B is completely turned on its head. I thought it might have been. Like, you know, a hazy kind of delusional th- th- thinking back to his time, his failed uh, time as the leader of the sanctuary, because, you know, mm. I mean, it's a full on industrial plant. I, I I could see why they have trouble growing stuff there. They're they're not planting seeds. They're like literally putting molten metal in the ground. Um, well, they, they talk about, talk
0: how, about top- you know, how they how Negan wanted to set up the sanctuary here.
1: Yeah, and and how poisoned the water is and whatnot, and but but you know just as that started getting in- interesting, and you have this flashback, and and they're 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 clearly building something. The sun sets, and they have to go down to the sewers for refuge. Mm-hmm. Um, Presumably then, you know, because of the mutants. Oh yeah, the mutants, the zombies. Yeah. The, the you know the, they they're always uh, they're always worse at night. It seems. Um, but then you know at some point it seems like it's safe to return, and they've been working on this uh, post apocalypse trebuchet. I tell you what. I would love to see a couple of, I would love to see Daryl bring this knowledge back to Alexandria. Cause that thing looks like mm. he could take out packs of zombies f- oh, yeah. f- on the cheap. Like the only question as always, <laughs> is kind of a, you know, nod to, to, to Jim and Aaron's narrative, but uh, you think that fucking blacksmith can handle a trebuchet? How, uh, how many, no. how many working examples of trebuchets will he have to see, <laughs> see before he can actually build one? Yeah. He
0: can't bring the knowledge back. He's got to bring the whole trebuchet back. Yeah. It's going to be tough on that motorcycle. For sure. I, the, the most perverse part of this, and I don't know, like, okay, this is either torture at the hands of an evil biker gang, or this is uh, the show trying to say something profound about Daryl's state of mind. But he is firing a trebuchet at an effigy of his own crossbow. <laughs> and, and then yeah. he's, and then Daryl says, I might cry, which I understand why. I understand yeah. it. They're breaking down his core identity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, torture. This is, this if this is not like premonitions of Dwight, I don't know what is. Oh, I will tell you what, you, you could be right on with that. Uh, so then you know Daryl either escapes his captivity here, depending on whether he thinks it's a flashback or not. Um,
1: the editing's really loose. Like the, yeah. there's just almost no transition. You know, like I I, I, sometimes I see it get dark and I'm like, okay, well, it seems like they're trying to take shelter and that makes sense. But just like it just you're going from place to place with almost no, you know, and then how how much how much sense are you expecting this guy to make sense? If it's either a flashback or some kind of drug binge he's on, like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's an artistic choice or just. Just
0: poor editing. I, I just but feel it like really it's really poor, di- poor directing and writing. You know, it's a hallmark of The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. It's in the best yeah. written show on TV. And they just don't show the most exciting part, which would be the escape from the Hanes, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, how do you get the, you know, the, the, the Buffalo soldiers help, help them out? I, I don't understand. Um, It's really bizarre. And, yeah, I couldn't, find, I couldn't find any information about who directed this, which I thought was bizarre because that stuff yeah. is usually readily available. But, you know, I got some sneaking suspicions. Uh, which we'll talk about towards the end of the
0: episode. Okay. Uh so then they go to this haunted chicken house. Um
1: or- I mean, this is this you're you're into meat and potatoes of walking dead, and when and I
0: felt right. like, ah, oh, finally, finally this makes sense. Th- this this makes feels sense. like every shack that they visited in the past, right? Every squeaky hinge uh yep. place where, where anything could happen with walkers and will happen. And then you know, like in Nefarious Leaders,
1: you know, we've had uh, we've had the governor. Uh, we've had Negan, and now you've got this chicken Dan guy. I mean, he's got to go right up there on the Mount Rushmore of of uh, you know Walking Dead post apocalyptic warmongers along with Tasha Yar and Terminus. Like you know, he's he's just covered in blood and chicken
0: feathers. Oh yeah, uh, the, the face, the face like that. That's star power right there. I mean that. Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know about the guy.
1: Yeah, but it's like the. His headquarters, you know, like, uh, it's, uh, you know, a post-apocalyptic cannibalism going on, some zombies, mm-hmm. more uh, but then dolls. there's, but then there's, there's lots more dolls. I'm thinking of like, this is the, is this, uh, like the cousins insidious influence? Uh, there's a swamp thing encounter, mm-hmm. which it's like, are they playing, you know, uh, uh, homage to another classic, uh, comic book character or, or what's, what's the deal? Um, but you know, it, it's just all just very brief, horrific imagery, um, and presumably they somehow survived the ordeal or- or to flee to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, and they do so with a guy named Mastodon, which um,
1: I, I mean, mean, there's your. You know,
0: if if Chick Dan is up there on the 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 monument of uh, villains, then Mastodon has to be up there on the monument of heroes, because oh yeah, th- you know the the escape is is nothing short of a miracle, and they end up. Well, he ends up okay, so. It gets a little weird here, and I think they're doing more about, you know, breaking down the core of what Daryl is and what made him that Uh way because they end up on a rooftop bar in Atlanta. Yeah. And then they show the flashback. Well, I don't know if it's a flashback because we might be in a flashback. They might be showing a flash forward to when Merle loses his hand on that rooftop. Sure. And I was just thinking, man, how, you know, what a cruel twist of fate that on the same rooftop Daryl would both you know, find his salvation in a man named Mastodon, but also his brother would lose his hand.
1: Yeah. And they're doing like, you know, they revealed a lot of stuff there. Like uh, apparently uh, Daryl took a gun to the face when, you know, Merle slapped out of Glenn's hands way back when. Um, And they're just, you know, like uh, you got Mastodon there, trying to guide him through the spirit quest while, you know, uh, Merle's talking about reminiscing with shooting each other with BB guns in the woods and, and you know they talk about that time where Merle got handcuffed to the roof. It's just really um, uh, like like bizarre dream imagery that they're trying to process. And this this thing with the hand gets a lot weirder in the episode before it's over. I'm oh, gonna tell oh, yeah. ya. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. People that watch this know what I'm talking
0: about. Holy moly! Uh, and I'm glad you brought up the weird, the, the strange editing because there there was a scene that we kind of glossed over to get to a point here. But we need to talk about the scene with Eugene. Yeah, how, like, how did we get there? Um, I I feel like again this is the shoddy editing that The Walking Dead can be known for. Did Daryl think that Eugene died last episode, and
1: that's why he's in? You know, like because this this Eugene's with it. You know, his hair's fixed up uh, like a reasonable person. He's he's dressed what I would say is approaching stylishly. Uh-huh. Uh, but but it, the backdrop is uh uh uh. Daryl driving a post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, like terradrome car.
0: Yeah, like the pace just... car. And in... you know what this feels like? What? It, it feels like he's trying to advertise for a new show because there's, there's a scene oh in this it's where a he's driving Porsches dead. through the mud. There's yeah. this Talladega pace car scene. Um yeah. There's a the roller skating scene. We'll get to here in a bit, and it feels like he's advertising a new show. Like you could call. Like it's a, a post-apocalyptic racing circuit. Like call yeah. it Park with Norman Reedus, right?
1: Yeah, and it's it's bizarre because like he's like you know there's like thousands of bloodthirsty cannibals in the stands, and he's just whipping them up into ever, uh, ever higher pitches of frenzy, flipping them the double bird, you know, and clearly antagonizing this. And I'm like, oh man, how's he going to get out of this? Because eventually this car's going to run out of fuel. Uh, but he just he just gets out and the next location might be the weirdest one in the episode. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right. um, This is like classic example of what Aaron and Jim are always complaining about in The Walking Dead. Al, what the fuck are they doing at this rolling rink? God, it's it's obviously f- falling apart. There's not many people there, but why is anyone there? Why is anyone hanging out at this dilapidated rolling rink? Uh, it should yeah. be completely abandoned. This is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, they're trying to dance skate. I, I get, I get that you're doing some kind of weird grief processing flashback episode, but like, this, this is just embarrassing. A fantasy sequence or no, I just,
0: I just, I just don't get it. And, and you've got the the fourth wall break here, which I really love. You know that you've got Daryl. In this bizarre roller skating scene, in a scene that makes no sense contextually in the apocalypse, shouting, this is bullshit, bullshit. Oh, yeah. And just over and over. He, You know, he realizes the farce that this show has become.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's putting himself in that, that, uh, uh, he's realistically putting himself in the situation. What would Daryl do? Daryl called bullshit. He sure would. Uh, boy, the fans are really gonna love that. Uh, you, you did a pitch perfect Jim bullshit, man. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna eat that up. Is that a that's thing? That's like, that's, oh, yeah. That's like, you know, it's like, uh, Jim saying bullshits right up there. They're on trying to do uh, his, his bullshit Andrew Lincoln. What does that, uh, what does
0: that sound like?
1: I, I, he's he says, I don't know, you see, it says all weird, like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Rick Grimes, I'm Rick, yeah, I'm, I'm, ai I'm a, I'm a Southern Sheriff. That's, I, that's something like that. I can't quite get huh. it. Doesn't sound But you had that good. bullshit nailed, yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, they get out of this roller rink, and you, you already mentioned this, but then they drive these new, I, I guess they're like, uh, prototype scout models. Like, I, I think this would be cool. This would be. Um, some really cool outrider stuff for Alexandria, but it just, you know, it's hard to imagine they're going to talk there a lot of his motorcycles, but he really Mm -hmm. likes these buggies. Uh, and, and, and they certainly go hard driving the hell out of these things. I think it'd be interesting. You might not need a bridge if you had an armada of these things. So I don't know, maybe, you know, he's going to come back with, he's going to say, fuck you to the blacksmith. He's going to come back with, uh. Uh, with the Dukes of Hazard plan, yeah, like you said, you're going to have, have trebuchets and you're going to have ramps and you're going to have souped-up Porsche apocalypse buggies, and you don't need you don't you don't need that Constantoga wagon. You can just have uh, 100 mile an hour Porsche
0: jumps, sure. uh, carrying uh,
1: carrying all the goods and and, and services you need. Th- this
0: is when it really started to feel just like an advertisement for a racing show, though, because I, mm. you know, the first time I'll give it to him, the second time, uh. It's it starts to be a little much, and I think you know the Walking Dead is guilty of being a little much sometimes with its metaphors.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if it's it's either going to be a spin-off show or maybe like it'd be really it'd be so on brand for the Walking Dead to do this kind of crazy stuff just to launch like a mobile game. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, like Daryl's Park, uh, where he just goes and he tries different vehicles, and you're trying to it's it's uh, you know one of those. you remember like a, ten years ago that those four by four games were all the rage, where you're trying to mm-hmm. like you just tilt back and forth and forwards and go. I feel like it might be something disappointing like that. Cause boy,
0: walking dead hasn't had a lot of great mobile games. True. All right. So then things get weird. Um, we have a big reunion at a bar named Nick and Norman's in Woodbury. Uh, I I don't know what to say about this. It's a very confusing scene for me because I feel like this is the scene where you want to bring it all home and say something about Daryl's current status, but you've got, you still got Merle in the mix. Yeah. And so he's like haunted by this imagery, but he very much seems to be welcoming it at this point. Has he accepted, you know, who he is, uh, where he actually belongs in the story. You know, I, I still
1: took in my kind of like, uh, uh drug binge grief hysteria. Uh, and I feel like that, you know, just like we saw last week, uh, Rick exploring the world of the dead where everyone's a dead corpse and he knew everybody. Uh, this is like maybe all the people that they left behind that died in Woodbury. Mm. Um, and, but the thing is, is like, you know, the the Rick's scene um, worked really well because all of those corpses we'd known and gotten to know there are major characters along the way. Yeah. And I'm looking at these sea of faces. I guess this is supposed to be heaven um because woodbury's left in flames um Mm -hmm. and i look around these faces and i you know they just didn't do a very good job in those seasons establishing these side characters so it just kind of landed flat for me uh and we're still no closer to finding out where rick is i don't feel like daryl's really done a good job processing his grief
0: you Uh, know i I got to the walkie dead late and so i had to admit something here Uh, i've never actually seen the woodbury seasons or the governor seasons Oh really? Yeah, I saw, well, I'm telling so you. I saw that one. I was gonna watch him, but I saw that one image of Andrea crying, and I just yeah. decided I'd rather not bother. Yeah, like, it, it well, kind of scared I mean, me off the the show. It was too scary for me.
1: That's defensible, but here's where like the mystery of the director comes in because mm-hmm. uh, this guy uh, comes into this ponytail, Greg Nicotero, and, and did they say I his know, name? No, but I recognize him because I'm that big of a fan, and I'm thinking, wait, wait, has this guy he been must been have directed? Before? Well, he's he directed the last episode, and he's the guy that's responsible for a lot of the zombie makeup. And he's kind of like I don't know, maybe he's an egomaniac. I think he's he's self-inserted himself in the character as as God, like he's uh. as, as, as like what kind of like arrogance and uh, 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 creative control run amok is this? Where and he presents Merle in heaven with his own severed hand as a keepsake. It's like. Oh, pretty macabre stuff, you
0: know. For the even for the Walking Dead's version of heaven, that's dark. That's and and so this is presumably a merle that's in Daryl's head, right? So yeah, this is Daryl watching God in heaven present his brother with his own severed hand. Yeah, he's you know you know he's uh, he's uh, he's made whole in in the God's grace,
1: I guess. But you know, God again, Nicotero, uh. You know, and then, like, you know, a lot of these, like, confusing cuts from location to location. Oh, it's day. Now it's night. Classic Nicotero. Um, huh. And, you know, just it, it it would make perfect sense that he would direct a twofer and preside over this just very messy, flawed episode of The Walking why
0: Dead. Is, why is this character called Nick? Does he smoke a lot? Nicotero? No, that's
1: his real name. I don't know what his character, I mean, I think he's cre- he might be credited as God or Yahweh, but that's his, like, his actual real, you know, look him up on IMDb name, Greg hmm. Nicotero. I was just
0: calling him the guy with the ponytail.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, he probably should have stuck with that. As soon as he got behind the camera, it's uh, kind of, you know, we all loved him as a zombie man, but now he's the zombie man that can't tell day from night and sunny from rainy. So and uh, real and imaginary
0: uh, versus versus solid and grounded. It's 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 crazy, crazy. It's weird. It was a weird episode of The Walking Dead. You know, it almost felt like an episode from a different show, frankly. It really did. It's just all over the place with the design.
1: Um, But, you know, at the end, Glimmer of Hope, we're set for smoother sailing next week because Daryl says something really profound about, you know, where you live is not where you call home. Home Mm. is where you find comfort and familiarity and acceptance and understanding. And I'm thinking maybe all this crazy shit going back through all his old stomping grounds, trying to find his 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 dead brother, trying to find his dead adoptive brother. Maybe this is an epiphany he's had about being a leader and responsibility to the community, and he's going to go back to Alexandria, kind of reinvigorated, reinvested, uh, roaring up to the, the front gates with his his motorcycle, and he's going to like step into that leadership role that's always been there for him and is needed more than ever now that uh, Rick's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, um, but that's my hope. That's my hope that we're it's going to be one of those weird, you know, like you had that that uh, well, you didn't because you didn't watch the, the the Woodbury arc, but they had this weird three part prequel with the Governor out of nowhere too. I mean, The Walking Dead does hmm. this
0: sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like a bad season. I'm glad I skipped it.
1: And then just yeah, saying like you know, there's the Morgan with his uh, yoga practicing monk, goat cheese making guy. Like sometimes they just have a weird episode involving a central character, and you just kind of got to roll with it. And I think. Yeah, I think I think we rolled with it as best we could. We literally rolled with the roller roller rink with it. So, yeah. you know, like, yeah, no, no one can say we didn't try, but I just uh, some of the metaphor and imagery is just just beyond me here and maybe even beyond the showrunners themselves.
0: Yeah. So I think that'll that'll do it for this week. Uh and I guess for our stint on Watching Dead, thanks very much again to Jim and Aaron for allowing oh, us yeah. this opportunity.
1: Uh we get if you have ever ever wanna go on vacation again, like we're 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 ready. Uh you know, we oh, try yeah. to keep current on all the shows. Um you know, do you need us to, to pinch it for uh, Westworld? Westworld? Yeah, Fargo. I mean, you know, Fargo's got some crazy imagery too. It usually makes sense at the at the end of the day, but uh, yeah, we're, we're 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 really thrilled to have this opportunity to be on the Bulb Move Network. It's uh, it's it's really amazing. I Thank mean, I, so I haven't watched the first two seasons of Westworld. I did watch the third, so yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Well, I mean, maybe that's what the, that show needs, a set of fresh eyes. Yeah. Uh, ready to just, you know, see see if you can just step into that world. I mean, boy, it, it, it's, it'd be hard to imagine a more hairpin U-turn than this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think you, 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 you're not having this. Like, it's so much of it as the Woodbury mythos. I think I thought you did real good there, Al. Thank, way, way, way to stretch yourself. I appreciate it. You too, Joe. You did a hell of a job on this podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you all think the same. Uh put putting some good work with us with uh, Jim and Aaron. And uh, oh, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can be back real soon.